If you would, please open up with me now in your Bibles to the letter to the Ephesians. While you're opening there, just a few things. Uh, if you thought that that children's sermon was crazy, uh, my, uh, I have to give credit where credit's due and blame. Uh, that came from Josh Smith, uh, the uh, church planning intern at uh, King's Church. So next time you see him, blame him if you didn't like it. Uh, secondly, uh, that uh, children's sermon got me and my father-in-law joking. Many of y'all remember Calvin Todd when he was here uh, doing the, uh, he was filling in the pulpit in between when I took the call and when David Setzer required. Uh, Calvin Todd at Fayetteville ARP was known to have uh, extremely rare and exquisite uh, children's sermon things and he would pull out uh, like eagle's nests, you know, and this is an eagle's nest, children, you know, and I, I remember distinctly, even as a 15 and 16 year old thinking, man, I wish I could be up there to see, you know, this, this snapping turtle skull or like whatever it was. And he always would help the children to see the goodness of God through these things. So anyways, next time you see Dr. Todd, hit him up uh, and blame him too, uh, as we try to share the gospel with our children. But anyways, y'all are opening up to the book, the letter to the Ephesians, and we're in a new series. This series is focusing in on God's goodness as he is giving us his son Jesus as Jesus is coming as the Holy Spirit's doing a work and this is summing itself up in a word that I'm saying is encouragement we can be encouraged by God and indeed God is actually uh, um, in the active process of encouraging which is uh, um, uh, uh, giving us forward positive movement in life and doesn't that sound great forward positive movement no matter the age no matter the stage no matter if you're barely able to walk or maybe if I should say it you're barely able to walk right uh, it, it, no matter if you're young or old if your knees are aching because uh, uh, you got arthritis or your knees are aching because you're hitting a growth spurt God is in the movement the business of, of causing us to to move in a positive direction uh, to grow closer to him and to begin to experience then uh, the Lord Jesus uh, God himself in a in a in a deeper way which then brings with it joy and peace and contentment it brings with it uh, um, uh, not a, a growth like we think of just getting bigger or something like that but a, a growth in wisdom and discernment uh, it gives us a quietness about ourselves that this world just never has and never will have they cannot attain it because it's God's to give and the Lord he extends this to us and we see it fully in the letter to the Ephesians. That is our series. If, if I were to introduce this one Bible verse that we're going to be in today, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, I might do it with a couple examples. My son Isaac, uh, he, uh, he likes to drink. Uh, he likes to drink water. Uh, in fact, uh, no matter where he finds it, maybe a glass like this, uh, he doesn't really like this as much, but maybe it's a puddle in your driveway. That boy will be down sucking that water up. Maybe it's a creek uh, that you think maybe is less than appropriate. He's going to get some water from there. Uh, maybe it's uh, after we wash all the mud, the muck, and the mire off of him in the bathtub, and there's some, some water and suds on the ground in the tub. Yeah, he'll suck that up as well. In fact, this morning, if I recall correctly, while I was getting uh, my clothes on, Isaac was in the tub, and I heard him getting reprimanded for just such a thing. Rebecca uh, was saying, son, 
that is inappropriate. You're going to get sick sucking up all this dirt water. It's going to make your stomach hurt, man. Uh, and, and as I thought about that more and more, I began to realize something. Uh, we're always drinking, no matter what. We're a, we're a, a, a people who need water. Um, and, and we get that in a lot of different ways. And if we wanted to zoom out and think about it spiritually, we're always drinking. But what is your source? What are you drinking from and why? Our main point today uh, is that God is the wellspring, the fount, the source of blessing. Remember that question. We're always drinking, but what are you drinking from? Our main point, God is the wellspring of blessing. Let's pray. We'll read one verse. Heavenly Father, Lord, would you bless this reading of your word? Uh, whether it's small or whether it's large, God, it's your word. It's infinite. And yet you have taken the infinite and put a period by it. Uh, that is in and of itself a philosophically mind-bending. And yet, God, we've got it. And so may we, Lord, see with eyes that can see and hear with ears that can hear. And we know that that comes from you. And so, oh, Holy Spirit, stir within us and help us to see the fullness of your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed uh, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God, this word right here, it stands, it remains, it will be with us forever. And we can praise God for it, as I hope uh, you will join with me at the end of this. Our main point, God is the wellspring of blessing. Two points will get us there. We're going to cut the verse in half. The first part is God's relationship with God. The second point is God's relationship with his people, okay? God's relationship with us. So first then, we dive into this, this first part of verse 3, God's relationship with God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The most humbling reality that we can find in the scriptures is that if we didn't exist, God still would, okay? A God, he, he was, he is, and he is to come. He did create us, and so now we're here. But if we weren't here, it, it wouldn't really affect God's existence. Uh, so if you wanted to think about this a little bit differently, if I didn't exist, if I were not born, well, neither would my children. Right? We, we have this concept of, of uh, rely, uh, relying on you know, our parents, for instance, and, and, and kind of moving in that way down through generations. This is, this is a normal concept to us, grandparents, great-grandparents, and on and on and on. And it's a new fad. Maybe some of you have taken part in it. You know, you, you get the mail-in thing, you swab your mouth a little bit, and you do the DNA stuff, right? And you find out that, uh, that you're cousins to Queen Elizabeth or whatever, right? Right? Everybody's cousins to somebody famous now that that DNA thing's out. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. It's surprising to me that so many people are related to so many other famous people, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and so, you know, but you see that, and it's fun, and it's cool. It's really special, right, when you maybe make connections and things like that. You see it in the news all the time. Um, but, but that is not God. That is humanity. 
Uh, God exists in and of himself. And, and as we go deeper into the letter to the Ephesians, especially chapters 1, 2, and 3, we are going to see that, that Paul is taking us right to the brink of how far our spiritually informed but still worldly minds can, can get uh, where, where we begin to feel on a brick wall of God's immensity. And, and we can realize just how big God is, but, but the concept almost, almost breaks our, our logic because he's even bigger than that. And, and, and so we, we get there, but, but we don't at the same time. And, and, and Paul is he's taking us right there, right to the brink. And we even get it here where we see that there is blessing to be had within, within the Godhead. And remember, that's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. I didn't make this up. This is how God revealed himself. Three persons, one God. That's already mind-bending enough. The Trinity, it's what we confess in the Apostles' Creed. And yet, even so, there within that relationship, God goes even further and we see that, that there is a father-son relationship. And that that father-son relationship has no weakness or faultiness like our father-son or daughter relationships. Or, if I might see, be so bold, mother-son, mother-daughter, the parental relationship. Even the best ones falter. Even the best of parents sin. And even the best of children disobey. And yet God the Father and God the Son existing together from all eternity have never once had a single disagreement. Have never once differed. Have always desired the best for the other has always done that. And so as God the Father sends his son, his son most fully agrees to do the will of the Father. And if you have seen the son, by the way, you have seen the Father. Like father, like son. In perfection. In goodness. In immensity, you might say. And yet, once again, to bend our minds, that same God takes on flesh. And so we behold him the Lord Jesus. There, there is much blessing there. And, and we see here, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. When, when we think about blessing, uh, a lot of times we think very materially. And, and in a sense, that's appropriate. Uh, there is this, this blessing to be had where, where things go well, right? Uh, where, you know, I'm blessed, hashtag blessed is what some of my friends might say, either joking or not, right? They'll put the hashtag in it for social media purposes. But, but you see this, this playing out on the material realm, but, but God, God never removed himself from the material realm. He, he actually entered into it even more so by sending Jesus. And so we see that there is all of this blessing that, that is welling up within the spiritual reality of God the Father and God the Son that, by the way, is, if I might say, being poured out by the Holy Spirit if you wanted to really think about how it's being conferred. But, but, but that's not for now. That's for later in the letter. And so what we see here is, is that this blessing is, is so much. It, it's, it's so mind-bendingly 
immense that it begins to overflow into everything. And we see creation. And so God creates that he might receive even more glory. That's why we were created. That's why creation happened, is that God might receive glory because he's God and he deserves that, that worship and that praise. That's why we're here on a Sunday morning as we have been commanded to come and to worship and praise our God, our Savior, our King. And he gives us then out of that overflowing blessing all of the benefits that we receive, the joy and the patience, the contentment, the peace, faith, which is a gift from God. We see that in Ephesians. Salvation itself coming from the Lord Jesus. We see all of the, uh, all of the blessing. That's uh, why we give our tithes and offerings, right? The Lord set a stage for us to give as he has given out of the immensity of his own blessing as we begin to see that we indeed are blessed by God. And it's not like, am I in the top 1%? Have I made it financially? No. Who cares? That's not the reality for anyone, even that top 1%, for what we are addressing, which is much deeper. Are you blessed? Are you, are you beginning to recognize that overflow? But, but that's our second point, and we're still here with, within the relationship of God with God. And, and that's the humbling part, is that, is that when we begin to recognize just who God is and what he's doing, when, when that blessing overflows upon us, it's, it's not uh, like a king in the world who's human, because that king is going to be sinful. That king is going to be weak. That king is going to die. And, and so they do not deserve that worship and praise, eternally speaking, because we're always going to be worshiping God. But God does when we behold God for who he is, when we pause for a moment and stop, when we remove ourselves from the equation. That's hard, right? Why do you come to church? Come to get a recharge? Maybe Jeremiah is going to pump you up for the new week. Yeah, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a better Christian or something like that. Yeah, I hope maybe you go from here energized or something like that. Of course, I'm preaching a sermon series on encouragement. But the encouraging thing is, is that, is that we can actually for once, for once in our lives, remove ourselves from the equation and everything is going to be fine. Isn't that wonderful? Just for a moment. Work. If you don't show up, do you get in trouble? You should. Parents, grandparents, children. If you don't show up for school, get in trouble. You should if you don't, right? There's pressure always. There's always pressure. And that's, that's okay. We can flow in that until we can't. And yet, the reality of who God is is that he's not asking anything of you. He is the, the wellspring, the fount of blessing from which his cup overflows, causing our cup to overflow. God does not need us to do anything. He gives his son that we would be saved outside of ourselves. This is very offensive when you pause and think about it. 
I, I used the illustration of the thief on the cross last week, and this can be our transition into our second point of God's relationship with us, because this is... This is the moment where we begin to see the culmination of God's blessing, the offensiveness of the good news that, that Jesus saves. It's because none of your works, none of your righteousness, none of your doings in this world, none of your successes, none of your failures, nothing, nothing can save you apart from the blessing of God himself extending the hand of salvation to you. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that even our belief is a gift from the Holy Spirit. Even our believing is given to us from God. We see that elsewhere too. How offensive. What are we to do? Whatever we want? No. <laughs> There's other parts of Scripture that tell us we must be careful in that. But, and I believe I've said this before, Sinclair Ferguson, a, a, a very well-known pastor, he was in Columbia for a while, was uh, never forget sermon that he preached where he said, if you, if you haven't considered sinning, if you haven't considered doing whatever you want, you haven't quite seen how big your God is and how much blessing he's conferred to you in the Lord Jesus. Should we do that? By no means. Romans help us to see that. But that is what we begin to see as God's relationship with God begins to overflow into that second point of, of God's relationship with us, of God's relationship with this people. Who are we? Because we see that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is much to be seen within God himself. But we see something more who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly Places, quite literally in the Greek, the heavenlies, capital H, the heavenlies, heaven. God blesses. We, we see this in Christ most particularly. We see it in the good news of Jesus where, where he comes and he lives a life that we could never live. Where he dies a sacrificial death for us that we might live rather than die at the, judge, at the judgment of God himself. No, Jesus takes that judgment. He takes that wrath on the cross as he is crucified. And even then he tells and asks his father and remember God the Father and God the Son have never disagreed. Jesus is perfect and the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. And what does he pray on the cross? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And I believe that God listens to Jesus. What did they do? They killed him. <laughs> Not to beat up on Isaac. Isaac tries to beat up on me sometimes, but we have been about family worship. It's unique with a four-year-old. Six-year-old and two-year-old is fun too, right, Mary and Milan? We do the thing, right? But with Isaac, uh, sometimes he likes to wrestle. Sometimes he likes to punch and things like that. And he got into this habit. This was a couple months ago. And he said, uh, I said, son, you know, if you saw God or something like that, you know, what would you do? I, I don't know where we were in the Bible. And he said, I'd, I'd punch him. I said, son, I don't think that's going to end well for you if you try to punch God. You know, I just don't think, I don't think it's going to go good. And he said, 
I punch him. I punch him. I punch him right in the face. You know, I said, I said, Isaac, you know, that's not good, man. You know, we shouldn't talk like that. But the more we talked, the more I began to realize something. And I said, Isaac, do you know what God would do if you tried to punch him in the face? And he said, what? And I said, well, you're my son and I believe in the Lord Jesus. And because of that, you're in a special family. Not because of me, but because you're in the family of God. And I said, I, I think I know the answer of what God would do if you tried to punch him in the face. And he said, what, Dad? I said, I think he'd forgive you. And I think he'd hug you. And I think he'd protect you. God's relationship with us is that God blesses us in Jesus with every spiritual blessing that culminates in the giving of quite literally God himself as seen in the Lord Jesus. If God has given us Jesus, how then could he not give us all things? If God has given us Jesus, how then can our salvation not be secure? We have every spiritual blessing that we know and that we don't yet know in the Lord and by the Lord and through the Lord, even in the midst of our weaknesses. And, and this is where we'll transition into application before we conclude. This truth, this reality that God is the wellspring, that God is the fount of blessing, it, it should cause necessary humility. It, it is incredibly humbling. It's funny when you think about Isaac punching God in the face. It's not so funny when you think about your minister doing it. But I'm a sinner, and so are you. And that truth that I told to Isaac is a truth I need to tell myself. And it's a truth that you need to tell yourself. It is a reality that we are weak and that we are needy. That to use the scriptures that, that we are dead in our trespasses and sins. Outside of the working of God and salvation. Which boom gives us a heartbeat again. That's humbling. It should humble us. And, and that humility doesn't need to stop there. Because it's not humility until it begins to play out in our lives. It's just a joke until then. It's not really taking hold. But it's encouraging because God drags us along that humble path, doesn't he? Even when our pride sometimes tries to well up at that wellspring. Secondly, this truth causes praise. I asked you why you're here. It's to praise God for what he has done and for what he is doing. Uh, I <laughs> constantly, constantly, you can, you can quiz Rebecca. You, you can ask her before I ask her, is this true? Say, darling, I have no idea why I am doing this thing that I'm doing. Surely there's somebody better to do it. And yet, I praise God every day to have the opportunity for it to be my job to extend the gospel of Jesus, not only on Sunday, but in every conversation I get to have. What a wonder, wonderful reality. And so for you, there's a similar testimony and witness, I know, because I talk to y'all, but also because we are praising God together. And where God has worked, there is a wonderful testimony to be had. 
which renders praise unto God. This truth causes praise. And so we should be praising people and not lamenting people. The laments have come and gone. The praising time is now. And then thirdly, this truth causes a practice and pursuit. I was getting at that, right? Uh, God is, is the wellspring of, uh, of blessing. God uh, has revealed to us a fount, a fountain. We see this uh, culminating in the Lord Jesus. And by the way, uh, Jesus is the Word, and that Word has been made flesh. And if you want to behold uh, Jesus now... Uh, the Apostle Peter tells us that, that this is where you find it. It's in the Bible. That's in 2 Peter chapter 1. These are not my words. Peter himself tells us that he beheld the Lord Jesus in his glory on the Mount of Transfiguration. That mount, by the way, is where Jesus, his flesh, his body, it shone so brightly that you had to look away where God himself spoke from the heavenlies. If we wanted to use Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. And Peter said, you have something more fully confirmed. You have something more sure. You have something better. What is it? It's the prophetic word. He's talking about the Old Testament. He's not even talking about the New Testament. He said it's better than if you were on the Mount of Transfiguration with him. Think about that for a moment. And then pursue it in the word. Because that is where you will find the Lord. That is where you will behold God. That is where you will be held in his grace. And that is where you will be encouraged. Where you will begin to see positive forward movement is from the word. It's why we pray the word. It's why we confess the word. It's why we preach the word. It's why we sing the word. It's why we do everything on the word, our forefathers had a saying, add fontes back to the source. Where are you drinking from? Those forefathers, uh, they were drinking from the word, but they had a little bit of muddy water. Uh, their word uh, was muddied in a sense because the translation uh, had been controlled by sinful hands for a little too long. And yet they discovered something purer. They discovered original manuscripts. They discovered, if we might say it, the unadulterated and perfect reality of who God is in his word. But we have something a little bit worse because now we're not drinking uh, from just muddy water. We're drinking from dirty water. We don't drink from God's word at all, do we? We drink from the world. Where my late grandfather came from, the Appalachian Mountains in Kentucky. If you drive on the highways and the interstates, you'll see uh, buckets on the interstate and the highway. You see these buckets on the drainage pipes. Get those buckets because it's cleaner water than what they got in their faucets or if they don't have running water, what they get from the creek. Okay, you can go there. You still go there and see this. There's buckets everywhere. When you drive on that, it's a Blue Ridge Parkway. I mean, this isn't a joke. It's real. This is America. You'll see these buckets. Why was it such a controversy when there was lead discovered in the water up north? You remember that? Everybody was outraged. That's, that's a drop in the bucket. There's stuff like that that happens all the time, but when it came to water, people got a little upset. Where do you get your water? Why? You use bottled water? City water not good enough. Why? Is it dirty? Muddy? Unclean? 
What are you drinking from spiritually? God, his strong desire is to encourage his people. He's revealed that time and time again. As we seek to glorify him, he has revealed himself in goodness that he will bless us and that he will keep us, that he will never forsake us and that he'll move us forward in that promise and that we, as we are saved by God, will have our desires changed and move forward in righteousness, giving him more and more and more glory, which is what he deserves. But because God is the wellspring of blessing, it overflows into our lives and we likewise become blessed. And as we likewise become blessed, our cups overflow and as our cups overflow, where do you think it should go? It should go to your neighbor. It should go to the widow. It should go to the orphan. It should go to your co-workers and your classmates. It should go to your family and your friends. And as that happens, God and his spirit will continue to stir and to blow. By the way, if you were wondering about that homework where the water comes from the very temple itself, it's in Ezekiel. And it's in Revelation where water starts, but it doesn't run out. It gets deeper and deeper. And so as you go farther away from the temple and farther away, you're starting to get up to the shin and the knee and the leg and the hip until you have to swim. And what is surrounding that water as we end and culminate in the book of Revelation? But many trees of life bearing fruit every single month. In other words, the season of life is now and always. And we find all of that in the Lord Jesus. And here is the kicker and the encouraging moment for all of us. It's not later. When you get that, it's now. God is the wellspring of blessing. And he has given you all of the blessings in heaven. Now. But what are you drinking from? It's as simple as that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your word. A pure fount of yourself that you have made known to us. And so God, I pray that, that we would drink. And that we would drink all the more. And that we would rejoice at the reality of the source of all life, which is you and you alone. Lord, help us. Because... For some reason, we try to go away to that mud or to that dirtiness. And yet, God, even then, you pull us and you positively move us forward somehow. Sometimes I don't know how for me. But God, you're that good and you're that big and you're that strong. So do it for us as a family here at Centennial. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.